Section 11 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashank Jakmola. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1, Mammals, by Charles Lewis Cornish, Editor, The New World Cats. The cats, great and small, of the new world resemble those of the old, though not quite so closely as the carabao, vapiti deer, and moose of the northern forests resemble the reindeer, red deer, and elk of Europe. They are like, but with a difference. The jaguar and the ocelot are respectively larger and far more beautiful than their counterparts, the leopard and several cats. But the puma, the one medium-sized feline animal which is unspotted, is something unique. The jaguar and puma are found very far south in South America, and though the jaguar is really a forest animal, it seems to have wandered out on to the pampas of Argentina, perhaps attracted by the immense numbers of cattle, sheep, and horses on these plains. The jaguar The jaguar is as savage as it is formidable, but does not often attack men. Its headquarters are the immense forests running from Central America to Southern Brazil, and, as all great forests are little inhabited, the jaguar is seldom encountered by white men. By the banks of the great rivers, it is semi-aquatic. It swims and climbs with equal ease, and will attack animals on board boats anchored in the rivers. As there are few animals of great size in these forests, its great strength is not often seen exercised, as it is that of the lion, but it is the personification of concentrated force, and its appearance is well worth studying from that point of view. The spots are larger and squarer than in the leopard, the head ponderous, the forearms and feet one mass of muscle knotted under the velvet skin. On the Amazons, it draws its food alike from the highest treetops and the riverbed. In the former, it catches monkeys in the branches, fish in the shallows of the rivers, and scoops out turtles' eggs from the sandbanks. Humboldt, who visited these regions when the white population was scarce, declared that 4,000 jaguars were killed annually and 2,000 skins exported from Buenos Aires alone. It was clearly common on the pampas in his day and made as great havoc among the cattle and horses as it does today. The Puma The Puma is a far more interesting creature. It is found from the mountains in Montana, next the Canadian boundary, to the south of Patagonia. Yankee stories of its ferocity may have some foundation, but the writer believes there is no recorded instance of the northern Puma attacking man unprovoked, though in the few places where it now survives, it kills cattle, calves and colts. It is relentlessly hunted with dogs, treed, and shot. As to the puma of the southern plains and central forests, the natives, whether Indians or guachos, agree with the belief, steadily handed down from the days of the first Spanish conquest, that the puma is the one wild cat which is naturally friendly to man. The old Spaniards called it Amigo del Cristiano, the Christian's friend, and Mr. Hudson, in The Naturalist in La Plata, gives much evidence of this most curious and interesting tendency. 
It is notorious that where the puma is the only large beast of prey, it is perfectly safe for a small child to go out and sleep on the plain. The puma is always at heart a kitten, taking unmeasured delight in its frolics. And when, as often happens, one lives alone in the desert, it will amuse itself for hours fighting mock battles or playing hide-and-seek with imaginary companions or lying in wait and putting all its wonderful strategy in practice to capture a passing butterfly. From Azara downwards, these stories have been told too often not to be largely true, and in all natural histories, whose writers believe the puma was a terrible man-eater, they also appear as wonderful escapees. One tells how a man put his poncho, or cloak, over his back when crawling up to get a shot at some duck and fell something heavy on the end of it. He crept from under it, and there was a puma sitting on it, which did not offer to hurt him. As space forbids further quotation from Mr. Hudson's experiences, which should be read, the writer will only add one anecdote which was told him by Mr. Everard in turn C.B., formerly an official in British Guiana. He was going up one of the big rivers in his steam launch and gave a passage to an elderly and respectable Cornish miner who wanted to go up to a gold mine. The visitor had his meals on the boat, but at night went ashore with the men and slung his hammock between two trees, leaving the cabin to his host. One morning, two of the Indian crew brought the miner's hammock on board with a good deal of laughing and talking. The master asked what the joke was, whereupon, pointing to the trees whence they had unslung the hammock, one said, Tiger sleeps with old man last night. They were quite in earnest, and pointed out a hollow and marks on the leaves, which showed that a puma had been lying just under the man's hammock. When asked if he had noticed anything in the night, he said, Only the frog's croaking wakened me up. The croaking of the frogs was probably the hoarse purring of the friendly puma enjoying his proximity to a sleeping man. Mr. Hudson quotes a case in which four pumas played round and leapt over a person camping out on the pampas. He watched them for some time and then went to sleep. Many of those brought to this country come with their tempers ruined by ill-treatment and hardship, but a large proportion are as tame as cats. Captain Marshall had one at Marlow, which used to follow him on a chain and watch the boats full of pleasure-seekers at the lock. The puma is always a beautiful creature, the fur cinnamon-coloured, tinged with gold, the belly and chest white, the tail long, full and round. Though friendly to man, it is a desperate cattle-killer and particularly fond of horse-flesh, so much so that it has been suggested that the indigenous wild horses of America were destroyed by the puma. There are two other cats of the pampas, the grass cat, not unlike our wild cat in appearance and habits, and the wood cat, or Geoffroy's cat. It is a tabby and a most elegant creature, of which there is a specimen at the time of writing in the London Zoo. The Ocelot In the forest region is also found the most beautiful of the medium-sized cats. This is the Ocelot, which corresponds somewhat to the Cervals, but is not the least like a lynx, as the Cervals are. It is entirely a tree cat and lives on birds and monkeys. The following detailed description of its coloration appeared in the life at the zoo. Its coat, with the exception perhaps of that of the clouded leopard of Sumatra, 
marks the highest development of ornament among four-footed animals. The Argus pheasant alone seems to offer a parallel to the beauties of the ocelot's fur, especially in the development of the wonderful ocelli, which, though never reaching in the beast the perfect cup and ball ornament seen on the wings of the bird, can be traced in all the early stages of spots and wavy lines, so far as the irregular shell-shaped rim and dot on the feet, sides and back, just as in the subsidiary ornament of the Argus pheasant's feathers. Most of the ground tint of the fur is smoky pearl color, on which the spots develop from mere dots on the legs and speckles on the feet and toes to large egg-shaped ocelli on the flanks. There are also two beautiful pearl-colored spots on the back of each ear, like those which form the common ornaments of the wings of many moths. The nose is pink, the eye large, convex and translucent. A tame ocelot described by Wilson, the American naturalist, was most playful and affectionate, but when fed with flesh was less tractable. It jumped on to the back of a horse in the stable and tried to curl up on its hindquarters. The horse threw the ocelot off and kicked it, curing it of any disposition to ride. On seeing a horse, the ocelot always ran off to its kennel afterwards. When sent to England, it caught hold of and threw down a child of four years old, whom it rolled about with its paws without hurting it. End of section 11